Deep underground, in a top secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus, capable of contaminating the entire world, has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building! What was that? It's the brakes! You're all going to die down here. You're all going to die down here. Hello, welcome to the Eagle and Wolf podcast. Who, we are is, a fan who is you all, first of all? <laughs> you all, literally everyone here in the internet is going to be down here. And I guess die. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay. You'll be in company because we are the Eagle and Wolf podcast. We are a fan podcast dedicated to casual in-depth discussions about Resident Evil and other survival horror games. And you know what? We may even talk about a movie because what are we talking about today, Eagle? We're talking about Resident Evil, the first movie from 2002 starring Mila Jovovich. And that is literally no one else. Oh, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, and get the literally fuck out of here. no one else. Just no, those no, two okay. and a bunch of unnamed actors. Well, okay. Well, first, okay, no, no, no. There's, all right. So just to sort of give you a little bit of a context of how we're approaching this, we actually just finished watching the movie together. Yeah, um, this, is, and this I, is fresh. This is raw. How long ago has it been since you've seen uh, Resident Evil? Dude, that's the thing. Like the entire time I was like, holy fuck, when did I actually last see the first Resident Evil movie? Because like I remember liking it, but I don't actually remember when that was. So how about you? Um, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's been about 15, maybe 12 years it's been since I've seen this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that sounds about right even for me, and I, I remember just being like, I like this movie a lot, I just had never returned to it in quite some time, because, uh, I don't know, I developed some sort of stigma towards Paul W.S. Anderson, who we is all the did. director of this film. We all yeah. did, because, because the, the later movies left a bad taste in our mouths, collectively, and they came out kind of every two years, right? They were oh, really consistent, and you could really feel that in terms of the writing yeah, it was it was almost production line. It was what the MCU later became. That's but but you know what? Sorry. We're not here to talk about that side of the Resident Evil movies. We're actually going to sit down and talk about the first Resident Evil movie, kind of on its own. I mean, we'll definitely reference things in the future, but I really want to talk about how this movie on its own is surprisingly actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, kowtow on the video game adaptation. There's been a lot. There's been a lot that have been very bad. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, you know. Oh my um, God. The live action one, even though I think it's underrated. I think it's... it's. Are you telling me you didn't like Alone in the Dark or House of the Dead? I liked House of the Dead. Oh my god. I, okay. I unironically <laughs> liked House of the Dead. I still love you. It's okay. It's not a problem. Also, Yui Bowl did all right with Postal. That that pretty much nailed what Postal is. Like Alright, well, whenever but, but, we have an episode where we're at, you know, <laughs> discussing who's right or wrong on Uwe Bowl of all people, 
Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, though. There's definitely, like, a stigma towards, like, video game movies. And it's interesting because I, I vaguely remember when this movie Street first Fighter, came Legend out. of Chun-Li. I'm sorry. Yes, I just okay, remember. there's a lot of them. There's just a lot of them, and it never stops. It has not actually gotten better until fucking, like, what? Detective Pikachu, Sonic, and Mario so far seem to be the ones that are, like, the most popular and doing the best. So we just got here. We just got to where, like, video game movies are becoming even... But, but you know what? It's interesting to think ago. that... No, but it's so interesting to think that, like, the actual most popular one before those was Resident Evil. Yeah. I mean, this is a franchise that made a billion dollars in, in just cinema alone. And the first movie, it's pretty well-received, and a lot of people forget how good it is. I I certainly did. Uh, while we were watching so, it, I I was like, man, this soundtrack, the fucking soundtrack, has a lot of remake in it. The first yes. ten minutes of the mansion is great, but do, do are we gonna treat this like a special or are we just reviewing it? So I feel like we could just tackle some of the things we liked. We don't necessarily have to hit every single beat. I just wanted to sort of, well, we could, if you want. I mean, there's really, it's a lot of people just scattered trying to find a place that's safe because in this movie, the zombies are a threat. And it's really weird to think about that, like, in a Resident Evil movie because we've been so, like, conditioned to think, oh, my God, the movies just made them a giant action fest. And they definitely did. But this first movie really gives the zombies like a lot of presence and weight and and as you said the proper um, respect right right the proper danger level i feel because like you one bite and you're done and they sort of trickle out the bites and then just get rid of everyone but anyway we're not gonna get into that just yet but the soundtrack yes the soundtrack was actually composed by a very you know obscure not very well known musician they just go by the name marilyn manson Right. Um. They're just, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. But apparently, yeah, Marilyn Manson was uh, signed on to do the soundtrack for this. Hey, how you doing? This is actually Editor George here to let you know that the soundtrack was actually composed by Marco Beltrami. Literally, Marilyn Manson only did like two or three songs. You stupid, stupid bonehead. And you get a lot of really amazing, uh, really like, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say chaotic. But, like, there's a lot of order in the chaos. You get this sort of, like, giant feeling of organized destruction. Chaos. or Like, organized destruction, and that's the Umbrella Corporation. There's a song that is, like, besides the main theme, because the main theme is the one everyone knows with the little fucking music box thing. Yeah. That, that's really famous. But there's one track that I love to bring up, and it's called Seizure of Power. Um, oh. And while we were watching the movie, I'm sure you heard me go, oh, man, let's seizure power it up. Because, like, that's the name of that track. And it's just this fucking in your face. I thought I th I thought it was like an in joke you had. I I don't I I I was just like, all right, he's just screaming it. I didn't know the name of the track, but no, but right. is it not like the coolest name? <laughs> it 
for a fucking song. Seizure of power. Yeah. I don't know. Just it's such a colorful like name. It just immediately paints this description. Anyway, I like music a lot. So you're right in the sense that like I didn't notice it before with my like millions of rewatches of this movie. But when she's in that mansion in the beginning, it definitely uses remake one like light motifs. And Which you're like, this, what? This movie came out, what, 2002, yeah? So, yes. Remake 1 came out 02. Could it be right. that that the fucking, like, hey, let me let me take some of the audio? I don't know. Maybe Marilyn guessing, heard some of the nice shit. Yeah, either Manson or, or Anderson, someone at some point was like, hey, what's the track where you're in the foyer? Okay, what's the track when a zombie shows up? Okay, that's it. <laughs> And that's kind of all they really needed, I guess, which is fine. I mean, it it's just crazy to me because rewatching this movie, I'm just going to flat out say it like you could sort of already hear it in our voices. We were pleasantly surprised that we enjoyed it a lot more than we remembered. And that first segment in the mansion is just like, actually, you know what? Let's take it back even further. What happens even before the mansion? We see the lab breakout. We see what causes the virus, the viral outbreak. Like, th- it's so crazy to me that, like, in all the Resident Evil games, it's all about, like, discovering the mess after it's been made. You're like, oh, fuck, what happened here? But in the movie, they decided, hey, wouldn't it be a really cool introduction, like, to the movie, like, opening scene, if we just watch the lab, like deteriorate and, and yes I get, and fail to contain yeah to contain well, they failed yeah, that uh, containment yeah i don't see what you're talking about <laughs> but no but, but like seriously though like it's and, actually oh my one of the best ideas for an opening to a resident evil movie it's right there and not only that but it also presents what umbrella is what we all know umbrella is like this very flamboyant, very technologically advanced. Like, who would think yeah, to make this trap yeah. type of shit? Like, a room, a sealed room where you can drown inside. And the fucking well, elevator scene, which fucking still bothers me. I can't, I look away. It bothers me. Okay, but this is the thing. Like, I kept on saying as we were watching, like, whoa, this is like actual horror like it's not just like it it's taking its time to build up an atmosphere it takes a really unnerving idea and makes it something that you're really kind of scared of and even now it's not that i'm scared of it it's just that ooh, i still think about that it's still something that you think about and that's that's so important for a horror movie and it, it, and for the first i want to say like opening scene and when she's in the mansion you get this feeling like oh fuck this this actually does kind of fit the tone and you're getting a little bit more of what resident evil would be from a cinematic lens and yeah. you're just like wow this is impressing me so much so far dude i got to tell you like the the establishment in in the in the film in the beginning of the lab where you have these people that are just going about an everyday life they're working normally it's one of the things you you remarked later about what you love is that they made the zombies real people these people have yes. real I, real identity and things of that nature and you see them fear and in shock and 
and awe because they don't have any control. They're at the utter mercy of this unfeeling thing, much like the virus itself. They're at the mercy of it. You know what it feels like? It feels like we get all of the notes, because usually Resident Evil does this. It, it like... Uh, humanizes, humanizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it humanizes the people and the zombies through notes. A lot of the diaries you find, that's what it does. For this itchy opening, Tacy, yeah. Exactly. This opening scene is like 30 of those notes all at once in like this thrill ride of an opening. Because that's, that's kind of what it is. You're like, holy fuck, everything's just, oh my god. It, it's actually thrilling, even now. Yeah. And... <laughs> one, one without the, a single backflip by the way <laughs> no backflip needed and also it just allowed tension to build the elevator I, re- I bring it back again it, it's really tense it is astonishingly tense and it does a really good pacing job I, I really enjoyed right afterwards we get that slow introduction to alice after you need a breather after what you just been through in the lab and what you just saw all these people go through and die you need like okay let's take a breath which i think is really good on the pacing of the movie well because even then with the elevator scene like it was interspersed with other death traps so it just kind of kept on like pacing itself with setup, payoff, setup, payoff, setup, setup, payoff. And it was just like, oh my God, this is actually kind of, I kept going, it's genius. It's actually just right there. It's such an obvious idea. And the simplicity is what makes it work so well. You don't even need to overcomplicate it. An evil AI just literally turns everything off and kills everyone, even gassing them and shit. It's, it's horrible. But For like. All- For all the creators out there, all would-be creators, remember the the four-letter acronym, KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Right. In fact, seeing that that elevator you mentioned before, I know we have to move on because it's the first 15 minutes and we're still in the opening, but it was really that effective. Like, if you just had the the sound that they played you don't even need to show the other elevator crashing and spend the money on that just the fucking whatever audio design that they did hearing the people scream on the way down before they crashed then, that would have been enough cut, and then there was no audio after just stay inside the other elevator hearing that and it's like fuck that's actually pretty effective again this opening segment really was like wow he could have done this at any point <laughs> he could have done this. But no. Yeah. So, no. so we go to, up to where we were. Yeah. And we get this like great setup. Uh, unfortunately, we have insomnia, which is insomnia our, or amnesia. <laughs> forgive me. Uh, amnesia. I also have amnesia. I forgot what the word meant. Exactly. So, we have amnesia as our plot device, and then we have flashbacks. Uh-huh. Did did we need all the flashbacks? Is no my question. No. Okay. Thank you. Follow up question. Uh, did we need so much titty? No. Well, but that did that it help? Isn't... Yes. 
that is in her fucking contract or something because literally every movie I've seen Mila in, she has had her tits out at some point. And it's not like some sort of like gratuitous thing where she's like objectified. It's usually in some sort of like costume change or something that fits the narrative. So I don't know. She just kind of has it in her claws, but it has to be tasteful. I don't, I don't know. But it's there for whatever reason. Well, but, um, as far as I know, like for the past five, ten years, she's she's cut down on it. She's not into it anymore. But props look, to man, her. I have for, ultraviolet. For, 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 <laughs> props to her for being vulnerable in this. And also, I really like how the layout of of the set design. They oh really they really used a lot of let's let's keep it. Let's be as close to the game as possible it's, with these with these really yeah. nice camera shots. There's a lot of it, angles here I really like. Bro, I, I feel you because in the beginning of the movie when we were talking about it, you all you kept saying was, can't we just stay here? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> give me more of this. And I agree just with you. I think that, one, at least. Yeah, just have her open something that alerts the guys to go into the place you know what i mean the umbrella yeah that's a great idea and then they get like a signal there's motion inside the mansion we've got to go and, now and that's how she gets the passcode because this game this movie i almost said game this movie huh? does a great thing where she's exploring as we all do we're always opening everything seeing what has ammo what has like a key item she's looking for something to identify herself she opens a fucking drawer and there's weapons there and she's like, oh, shit. Get, and there's you know that- what? That's what that was. Remember, this movie was surprisingly more faithful than we realized. The thing you're talking about, her going and finding something, that's what that was. She found a locked drawer and then went to go investigate the front door and got scared by wind. Yeah, that wind part. That's really annoying, that wind part. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, it's effective, but you could have used some sort of noise because, like, I, then again, it's a different universe um, because, like, I guess that virus isn't out in the woods, so technically nothing is out there. It is just wind. Oh. But she got all scared. I don't know. Yeah, I then. don't know. She ran back. But I get it. I understand why they didn't do the scene of there's motion inside the mansion because they wanted that big reveal of, oh, my gosh, the hunks are coming in. They all, <laughs> they all fucking come in and crash and then grab her. And they're like, there's no time to explain. Quick, in the lab. And, and I don't know. I don't know why they needed to go Quick, right in away. the cable car from Resident Evil 2. Oh my god! It, it, it that's the thing. Like, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of small homages that it doesn't make a big deal out of. It would do this a lot in the second movie with like Jill and stuff. But like in this movie, they're all tasteful. They're all tasteful, and I feel like there was a lot of shit given to this first movie when it first came out because I was there. That like everyone was like, "Oh my god!" It has nothing to do with Resident Evil, and people did want a movie about Chris and Jill. But he took that as, "Oh, you want me to stick them in my story?" And it's like, "No, no, no, no! Either tell your story on your own, whatever, or tell that story. Don't fucking tell both, because that's ultimately what we got." <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, when a director thinks he could handle that type of story, like his fan fiction and Resident Evil lore, uh, you. You get things like Batman versus Superman, where you get the death of Superman and the Dark Knight Returns in the same movie. Well, then you get Welcome to Raccoon City, 
<laughs> Look, I like Welcome to Raccoon City. I'm sorry. I know you do, and I have to keep making fun of it because it is making fun of bull. That is all. Um, but moving on. Hold on. We got we got to keep moving. So, um, yeah. So in comes through the window, the love of my life, gorgeous fucking heroine <laughs> and, and fucking like warrior in that Dungeons and Dragons movie too, Michelle Rodriguez, who plays uh, Special Agent Rain in this movie. She's amazing in this, dude. Dude, she, I, I, I can't believe like how lucky I am. That in a Resident Evil movie, not only is it actually pretty good, but I get to have Michelle Rodriguez in it as fucking the first lady hunk. And you don't think she's in one of the games? Like her her character model? No, not at all. I, I just think that someone, because she's got to be in a video game somewhere. Like Somebody some, like, has to mod her. Yeah, Somebody, she had to have had some sort of crossover somewhere. I don't know. Did anybody ever put Alice in a mod? Um, yes. Yes. And it's actually funny you mentioned because I'm going to bring this up briefly because in the movies or in this movie, um it inspired the game series to actually insert a lot of stuff from the movie. So, for example, the, the laser font room. Oh. There's we could do this a lot. There's a few things. Um the font for this movie ended up being the font for Resident Evil Outbreak. Uh, file one and two. I could have sworn there's another game that also uses the font, but I can't tell right now, so I'm not gonna spend a minute looking for it. Um, the laser hallway, as you mentioned, shows up in like three games: Resident Evil Four, Umbrella Chronicles. It it, it shows up quite a bit. Um, what else? Fucking <laughs> there's oh the fucking outfit. Um, her outfit, Alice's outfit, actually kind of has its own version in Outbreak File One. It's uh, one of uh, Alyssa's outfits. It's called Night Dress or something like that. I don't think it's exactly it, but it is pretty close. So I don't know if there was like any little connection they and wanted to And let me make. guess, when you play, you do lines from the movie? No, but I do wear that outfit. It's actually <laughs> my favorite outfit of hers, so. Ah. Well, I, you I think do, it's called you Midnight d- Collar. You do like uh, Alice's outfit in this, which is a very skinny dress like a very like just a dress and a fucking uh leather jacket and boots knee high almost knee high biker boots well she's got these black shorts as well so i mean it's it's this nice if you know what it reminds again it's but no pockets where's the inventory it's weird how faithful this movie is because this is like some alternate dress version of jill's outfit where the pockets there boy oh yeah, she gets them when she meets Chris, uh, Carlos. Yeah, well, like, I Chris. mean, she gets a leather oh. jacket later, so there are the pockets. Boom. Done. <laughs> All right, bro. Which is a great addition. Just immediately just add a leather jacket to it. Like, why not? So, like, fantastic. So there's this Matt guy who just shows up, grabs her from behind, pulls her down, tries to calm her down in the worst way possible. At the same time, um, a bunch of hunks break in. We get Michelle. We get... uh. Oh, no. Got to go to the lab. We get to the lab. However, we're in the tram and somebody's in the tram car, in the Resident Evil 2 car, and the door is locked. And Michelle Rodriguez couldn't open it, which you find highly unbelievable. But maybe she loosened it for the <laughs> next guy say. who yeah. opened it. <laughs> and then re- you had a letter and then you had a letter and then you had a letter. <laughs> get on no, with I- it. And then the guy comes out and it's 
passed out guy. But then she has a flashback to only of their wedding day. That's right. She only remembers in fragments. That's how this amnesia works. We'll remember And by the way, no one at the wedding, just them. I don't know if you noticed that. There was no one at that wedding. I'm fairly sure it was at the mansion, too. Yeah, we well, you got to save on budget. The umbrella uh, really loves to cut corners. It's property yeah. of umbrella, you know. So, oh yeah, that's uh in the fucking uh wedding band, which we see literally in the same scene when she notices they both have a wedding ring. She remembers the flashback. She pulls off her wedding ring and she sees that it is inscribed, "Property of Umbrella Corporation." Now. We are currently in the fucking Resident Evil 2 train because that's what it is. It is actually recreated on the inside. And going back and watching this movie, you're like, holy shit. They actually did a great job recreating this train. You said, like, it could be a little bit wider, which is fair. But uh, I guess it was a a mini version of the RE2 train. I mean, also, we have to account this is a movie, and I'm thinking a video game, and I'm thinking Birkin's fat ass in that fucking train, and we don't have Birkin in this. But we still even get a giant monster attacking in the train. Like, again, (coughs) this movie is weirdly faithful in a lot of spots. Like, we are a group of military professionals going in to investigate a disappearance. It's it's the same setup as Resident Evil 1, so it kind of Except works. Instead of stars, it's Umbrella itself, which makes way more sense. And and the movie's in reverse story of Resident Evil, and you have to cut out the guardhouse. But you start in the lab. No, technically you're in the mansion for like a second. But you start in the lab and then make your way back to the mansion. Yeah. It's, it's, you it's know. so interesting. Um, what happens right after that? We have... So basically, it's a lot of empty nonsense because they're just looking at like, oh, where did everybody go? And they eventually get to bingo? the laser hallway. Yeah, they, they went to go play bingo uh, but, but on the hold computer on, there. Hold on, there's there's some things here I do like because we get a lot of setup on these sets. I like the sets here. I like um the office space being like kind of futuristic at some points i like the layout of it i like the flooded room with this really like disgusting piss color because that that's the dual purpose of that amazing opening too not only do we get to watch the lab fall apart we still get the feeling of fucking the resident evil games when we show up later and we're like oh that's when that happened this is what it looks like now it's it's genius actually it uh, all right we don't need that's a heavy word, but it's good. Okay, get- it's a smart idea in this series. Like, you would see later on, none of this thought is in any of the other movies. No, no, there's... None of this. N- none of this forethought. We get um, separation a little bit. We get a little setup here of the kind of like alien room where there's just these bunch of pods hanging around and there's like stable, unstable, and they're all uh-huh. green. And we kind of see where the liquor is going to be, which is our our big bad of the movie. Yeah, as I said, you only get one (laughs) bioweapon. Okay, the budget only allows. We don't know what this Resident Evil thing is anyway just yet. Also, the CGI is pretty bad. I'm glad we didn't waste this bad CGI on a good monster. Well, and then then that's why the movie's so focused on making the zombies such a threat. It's it's, it's actually really smart. (laughs) Let's, Let's also talk about 
the zombies makeup. Some of them are good, but they have this obsession with tooth decay. Okay. I I agree with you for whatever reason. Like they just immediately get bad teeth once you become a zombie. All of them became a chain smoker of nine months in 20 minutes. Before we get to the zombies though, what, what happened to release the zombies? Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I was just saying the setup with the with the pods because it's very aliens. For sure, we, for sure. That we need as much aliens reference in our Resident Evil movie as possible. Anyway, well, yeah, it's smart because Resident Evil already. Yes. So we get to the queen room, the queen's chambers, because we had a d- terrible. This is the part I fucking hate. I don't need three sixty panoramic shots. Of characters standing in a circle with medium close-ups giving exposition. I don't please know. Don't, please don't do that. I had fucking car sickness. I had motion sickness <laughs> with how much this fucking camera was moving. The camera moved more here than when zombies were loose in the fucking lab. Which is I don't great, know. actually. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But you, you'd think you'd think the action beats would move more than the exposition scene. Less is more. I don't know if Paul was like, let me be weird. Let me make it like my own little thing. Or the, the director of photography was like, I'm going to channel Michael Bay and we're going to do bad boys right now. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. But no, it's, it's much more engaging if I believe the characters are on roller skates and they're just doing quick little circles and it just, just not, not breaking eye contact anyway. Not at all. Um, so the Red Queen gets right. introduced. We get the we we get the Red Queen kind of introduced, but we have the laser hallway. Um, all of them die. Cauterized. There's no blood. Apparently, it instantly oh, cauterizes. Yeah. And it's so fucking iconic that, like, actually so, that fucking laser hallway, that the game's just used it so much. But, of course, Bone King here found a loophole in how to dodge the lasers. There's a spot, <laughs> like, right around the corner of the if hallway. If you pause with- the movie, at a certain point, you can see where the set design isn't perfect, and I'm an asshole. So that <laughs> that's basically all my, my strategy is, is hiding also, the one corner without it. Also, we pointed out, we notice that the suits all said sanitation on them. Yeah. Interesting. They what a cover up. And their names. Yeah. Not, not even fucking ranks like you thought. One of them is named medic. Right. Because when you first see the medic name tag, you're like, oh, okay. So it has the ranks. But then you see like Rain or JD in a close up and you're like, wait a minute. Her name was medic. <laughs> I feel really bad for this lady. I mean, I'm sure she's an amazing person, but we sh- forg- we don't know your name. You, we don't know your character name, and I apologize. I'm pretty sure she's he- Hike Makash. Oh, no. I have the cast list, which is something I want to bring up, too, because when they get to the Red Queen room... They basically give her this giant EMP, like, thumb drive that, like, has to be assimilated out of three giant parts. Um, uh-huh. I called it the giant, like, you know, um, uh, inconvenient PS5 installation. But oh, either her way. Na- her character name is Olga Selena uh, Danilova. And her, the actress is Liz May Bryce. 
Okay, then I'm looking at the wrong character. But either way, we we go ahead and we get the uh, the the Red Queen coming out, and it's a very this is actually a unique idea that isn't in any of the other games. But it's an interesting concept that I guess Umbrella could do. So I didn't really mind the Red Queen so much. She wasn't doing anything super crazy, crazy. She just kind of wasn't a rogue, not even a rogue AI, like an AI that was just following her programming to a T. And it worked yeah. in terms of having some sort of like other force besides the zombies because this entire time for like the first 15 minutes of the movie if not a little longer there isn't a single zombie it's just umbrella and how fucking crazy they are with their own security which really what, sets the tone for where you are what's great is you know they're there the 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 scene where before they get to the laser hallway where you see the the flooded uh lab or whatever. Yeah. You have that excellent shot of one of the zombies like touching the glass and opening the eyes. Eyes being very representative of Resident Evil. Ooh, and even not that shot. If you go back a little bit further back, like as she's talking, she slowly comes into frame in the darkness of the water. Like there's actual fucking thought here. I promise you. <laughs> right. And you have that plant. You you need the payoff. So I think one of the great things is what's the best part of Jaws? You don't see the shark. Mm. <coughs> you get less is more. And when he does give you the zombies. Um, but yeah, no, the zombies are just this zomb overwhelming presence. And they're like, they are the set themselves because of how many there are. I really like the fact that he went with extras and they're do it hard all. to kill. Like, yeah, <laughs> they are hard to kill. Fuck me. And these people cannot aim. No, because they don't know about the headshot thing, but you'd think they would because they're already getting swarmed. I don't she know. But fucking just Michelle Rodriguez rain broke someone's fucking neck, a zombie's neck, and the zombie died. So that's obviously, oh, we have to destroy the nervous system in the yeah, brain. Yeah, no, she should have figured it out by that point. But but uh, no, then they all hip fire. They do auto. When we all know in Resident Evil, you got to do manual burst fire. You got to save that shit. You're going to lose your percentages. Absolutely. You have no um, idea where you're going to find assault rifle clips. But I, I yes, I, I I love the second zombie reveal. The first one's kind of whatever. It feels like an excuse to get rain bit. But, like, the second one where he's dragging the pickaxe and that, like, they hear and that the coming. And the broken uh, ankle and just, it's like. It's so, like, actually interesting. And they, they go ahead and they let all the zombies out by frying the Red Queen. Now, one thing I want to mention about the zombies. All of them are the different doctors and people that worked there. This is the thing I didn't know until I just checked the fucking cast list just now. Do you know what they're called? No. Mr. Red. Mrs. Gold, Mr. Gray, Mr. White. Sound familiar? No. Uh, Mr. Gold? Like So, I'm not saying anything was directly lifted from anywhere, but I'm starting to think I know like where... No, where Outbreak got their fucking bonus character names from. Oh... I mean, it's possible. I, bro, that, I'm sorry, man. That's a deep cut for me, like Resident Evil Outbreak. I don't know 
The, there is a Mr. Red and a Mr. Blue. I mean, granted, I'm not saying it's the same, but it's kind of funny that the 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 color characters are here. The fuck, Doctor Green, Ms. like they did switch some of it because if I recall, it is Mr. Gold, but and and Mrs. White. But either way, it doesn't matter. I just thought it was a neat little. Oh, hey, that's kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah, I, and it's I guess like a little. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Aside from the fact that Outbreak took the font. And, like, maybe the dress? I mean, there's a few things that the movie could have been a That's little true, bit... That's true, the Alyssa dress. Yeah, doing uh, inspired stuff. But anyway, moving on. Um, The zombies are very oppressive. People are getting bit. Um, Oh, my God. One of the worst fucking things I could ever imagine is when they open the elevator and the dude gets dragged into an elevator with like 30 zombies in it. It's like, oh, my God, what a nightmare. But you need that shot in a zombie movie. Yes. Yes. You need you. There's things you need in a in a movie where you need the shot of, you know, I need the shot of the gun if I'm going to show it, you know, if I'm going to shoot it or. You, yes, Chekhov's gun. You need to show or, the bite scene, and Michelle need, gets like fifty bite scenes. This poor girl, some give her an herb, give Dude. her an egg, give her a gold egg. This bitch is trying; she is surviving. She has Chris HP. She takes so many bites before she even approaches danger. Like it's crazy. Yeah, dude. By the end of the movie, she is in danger, but right now she's on like yellow fine. Um. Anyway, so the zombies are loose. They end up back in the Red Queen hallway through uh-huh. a lot of rigmarole bullshit. Yeah, I'm not really sure how they got back in there, but, you know. Uh, they don't really show it. They just randomly escape, letting their friend get eaten, no, even though the other zombies behind them. They get uh, separated, and, and Mila sneaks up behind fucking Matt. And they fucking talk about how Matt wants to take down Umbrella via fucking whatever espionage. Because as this movie is weirdly faithful, there's still the espionage angle that Ada brought in. I don't know. It's like there's weird little hints that this movie is a little bit more faithful than you think. And you know what? Now if you think about it, Matt and Lisa, Lisa's doing the investigating. She's undercover. It's a very clear thing to do. Matt's looking for the sister. It's John it's an and Ada. Ada, but in reverse. <laughs> it's, John, it's John and Ada. It's Chris and Claire in reverse. It's the Resident Evil 1 in reverse. I don't know. It's Maybe a that, lot of interesting ideas to do with it. it. It's like Paul said, I only got one shot. I'm going to ram this shit with as much as I can. I'm going to make everybody's going to love it because it's going to be done with love. And everybody the- hated it. You Sorry, said boy. something earlier that was like, I agree with it. It was like, the only thing missing is literally the, them using a green herb or a first aid spray. Like, everything else is kind of here. They they look at the map to find locations that they missed. They fucking like... Bro, they plan you know, shit out. Oh, if I cut through the dining room, we could save time. You know, yeah, like, Yeah, and then I'm fuck. like, what? What a great little throwaway line. It's actually perfect. I don't know. It's weird. It's, again, weird how accurate it is in some parts. Yes. Um, so, so we, yeah, they, they kind of, we, we lose track of our heroes. They kind of just move around a lot, and we're just trying to get around the zombies. Yes. Now, we get to the Red Queen with some questionable uh, CGI. Um, she's She's got that very annoying uh, know-it-all British voice. 
Uh, but she gave us the tagline for the movie and probably the most quotable line in the series, in the movie series. Yeah. And it's never uttered, I think, in the games. I don't think the games ever say you're all going to die down here. I, I, I might be wrong. There might be a scene in Umbrella Chronicles because Umbrella Chronicles has the Red Queen as a character. Ah. So, yeah. I yeah, again, <laughs> another thing the games were like, hey, that movie did that nice. So, like, it's in there, but it's a little different. It's not a little girl. It's it's like a British woman instead of a British ah, Also, girl. we have to talk about the fact that the lab is called The Hive, and then you mentioned Outbreak while we were watching and it. And that's another thing, yes, that Hive. Outbreak kind of references a bit, because this movie came up with The Hive, and that shows up later in Outbreak as the hospital. Exactly. And, and there's this... And I mentioned also, Remake kind of did nest an... In, which is a synonym for hive, basically. That and is the, true, actually. And, and the layout for Nest is very similar to the hive. Like, the way it looks, how sleek it looks. It's not Which dirty we can and grimy. This movie. Yeah. yeah. It's not dirty and, and, and brown as the OGs. Well, um, no, that's that's the undead factory. That every lab I feel in Resident Evil has been relatively like sterile, except for Undead Factory, which is just this fucking like garbage facility. Yeah, but like, what about two <laughs> Resident Evil 2's lab is pretty brown. The walls are pretty brown and I, I don't know. I feel like it has so much mood lighting, it's hard to tell. Uh, that's true. Uh, tune in, in for that case. episode where we rate our labs. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention, too, because you were like, things we have to mention. Um, they came in wearing, like, these hunk gas masks. It's kind of yeah. weird that they knew they were going into, like, a biohazard and they didn't put it back on for this. Where, where, where there may be unsafe air. Maybe. You know? You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just leave them on, these fucking gas masks. But no. This is just like with Judge, Judge Dredd and Sly Stallone. I have to show my face. If not, I'm not an actor. Right. I, I guess. <laughs> so we're, we're running around. People are actually getting little bites here and there. And I kind of let like love how this movie spaces out the different bites. Different people have different turn times. It's, it's really cool with how it paces it. I think it's very well done there. But this is probably the weakest part of the movie because it kind of meanders a bit as they try to figure out a way to leave. Uh, and people yeah, are slowly getting their memories and stuff. And then you have this, uh, this whole thing with Alice and Rain where Alice is trying to save Rain. But you don't really understand why. Like, Alice just has this need to save everyone around her, but it's never explained. She never really says her motivation on, I'm not losing another person, you know? Like well, she, it, tells she doesn't remember it, anything. She's just literally just, she all of a sudden remembers she has kung fu powers. Like, that's just, and that's so, how So all she knows is that she has a conscience. But these people well, were putting guns in her face. Right. I mean, I understand. I would save Michelle Rodriguez too if I could. Uh huh. But but that being far that being said, you know, I'm just but, saying. By the way, I just love how this movie, the explanation on why she's so like great at fighting, is just because she's well trained and was the security officer for this facility. So, like, no fucking, oh, she was a clone and a thing and there's a secret specialness to her. She just literally was well-trained 
and it was all like tap like in her memories and she just couldn't access it because she had amnesia she, but like she literally yeah. had the keanu uh i know kung fu face right when but she, just when she nailed the fucking like kick i love seeing this character without the superpowers just yet like i don't know yeah I I actually like the 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 subtleness of the film because In, what the yeah. film is it it's subtle compared to what comes later. Obviously, you exactly we have to have that comparison. But it's so okay. We don't show the zombie. We'll show the zombie twenty minutes in. Paul, what the fuck are you doing? It's Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah but but I'm gonna give it time. We're gonna show Umbrella being pieces of shit. Okay. We're going to show them sacrificing their people. We're going to do all of this. It's subtle. It's not, it's not, it's not gregarious like he becomes later. Exactly. Which I, th- which I think, it, yes, less is more. Like, this is, he had, he, someone had to talk to him and he had to be like, no, hold on on the zombies. We need to establish Umbrella first and not in a monologue. Yeah. Which we had that little Wesker monologue in the beginning, like a little narration. Which like, it yeah. set up, a, but that's the kind of thing we would get in the sequels and nothing else. It would just be yeah. that little monologue. Alice would say, I remember everything, which isn't in this movie at all. It's only in the sequels. Which, thank God for it. Right. I mean, it's a funny line, but like, again, in, in a vacuum, this movie is actually pretty faithful. Um, it, it is. In a vacuum, it is. So Rain gets bit. Um, some well, Rain's already bit like six times by this point. Right. But we have an idea of the antivirus. She has a fucking flashback and remembers, mm. oh, there's an antivirus. Blue is the virus. Green is the antivirus, which is great that that's all we need to know to become scientists. I love how every Resident Evil protag is an yeah. amateur biochemist. You know? Do you think it was like the irony that the virus is blue when in the game it's the blue herb that cures the poison? Maybe, but <laughs> no, I don't, I don't un- think it was intentional at all. I just I, think it's I, funny. I, I, <laughs> I always thought T virus was green. No, it's always been blue. No, T- wait, is it the I- G virus blue? No, wait, no, 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 no. You're right because the oh god, it's confusing because. What Birkin breaks on the ground in the sewers is green, correct. But in Leon's hand, when he throws it off the fucking balcony, it's purple. So I really don't know. What he (laughs) throws off the balcony is purple is is the G-Virus. We have it in the menu in the inventory. That's what I'm saying. So what Birkin breaks must be the T-Virus, and that's green in the game. Yeah, and we all know the T-Virus is what's released in the city. Correct. Because Birkin is the only one who takes a G-Virus. Wait, but then I thought Liquors had the G-Virus in them. No. I don't know how Liquors are... I don't know how liquors are made. Well, welcome to the show where we get exposed for... Because we should know this. We really should know the, the minutia of this. But I, I always assumed they were something relevant to the G-Virus because they only showed up in two um, and three. You know, that would that make sense. Well, they show up also in uh, Outbreak. Right, and which five. Is, takes place during two and three. And five. And five, they have Wesker, who had fucking knowledge of it, 
by beforehand. But anyway, we're getting off we're getting off track. But the point is, um, actually, this is actually perfect that you brought this in because we can bring in a good segue that one of a, a creature fucking escapes its confinement and now is chasing them as they're going. And we all know it's the liquor, one of the most like giant and aggressive liquors, which again, liquors are always aggressive and quick, but this thing's like huge and he gets even bigger. And, um, oh, I'm wrong. There's also another bioweapon. The dogs, they do show up. Oh yeah. But the dogs look so good. They're so cute. I don't think they look scary at all. Like, they don't, they, they have all like a bunch of raspberry jam and like chicken skin on them. But like, Beyond that, they don't really look super aggressive. Okay. I looked up how are lurkers made because I couldn't fucking deal with it. Oh, my God. They are made by the T-Virus. Well, fine. Whatever. Welcome they to are... the fan cannon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're the result of a mutation caused by the progression of the T-Virus infection in a zombified human host's body. So just zombies advanced? I guess. Okay. Their crimson I'm... heads evolved. That's yeah, why That's that why crimson sense. heads look red and they have the claws. Yeah, they're And they're so there. fast. Oh my that's, god, yeah. that makes so much sense. Well, yeah, and even when you see the fucking uh the one liquor and outbreak, the the female one, it's kind of like a in between between crimson head and that. Dude Dude, I it's, feel it's so smart right now. No, because this hap- this was already a concept art. Like, the in-between stage. This was already a thing. I knew about this already. But oh, well, fuck off. I felt no, I'm the real like big, seconds. true Resident Evil. Anyway, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm moving on. Um, what do we, what do we, wait, wait. Okay, so we saw the dogs. We saw the liquor. We're running around. Uh, what am I missing? Anything we're missing? This movie Basically, should have been called Evil Residence because of how inverse it is. You could, and the, it's so accurate. You could still call this movie Biohazard, and it's a good name. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, in, in any case, so we get to the point where we get to that flooded room, and one of our characters realizes, oh, wait, I forgot I'm the bad guy. Um, So he basically turns a gun on everyone else. Uh, everyone yeah. else is like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did this. And, and um, then the woman, 45 minutes earlier in the film, the girl zombie, fucking the water one, finally, that payoff, her plant finally paid off. She bites him. Yeah, that's he sh- foreshadowed, isn't it? Because it's her, him that he's, that she scares. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. This mo- Again, there's thought in this. There's actually I know. Thought. I'm complimenting it, man. I'm Holy like, crap. dude, this is pretty good. Because so, I always thought this movie was dumb as fuck, but I liked it. But I'm starting to realize it's not actually that dumb. It's not dumb. It is not dumb. However, there are some things that are bad. Sure. It. But it's the 2000s. Um, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yeah. things that are reminiscent uh, of that time, you know. So we get... Oh, did we even talk about Matt's sister, Lisa? Ah, who cares? She died. It doesn't matter. No, we did. The John Um, and Ada thing. Yeah, you're right. We talked about that. So, we're... Fuck. He gets eaten. Spence, by the way, that's his name. He remembers his name, and he also remembers he has an accent. 
And <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. I don't know why he all of a sudden had an accent. That was definitely not right when he remembered who he was. He developed an accent. Oh my god, it's so faithful. It's just like Wesker when he went from fucking American to British. Yeah, it just took him seven minutes. Anyway, Jesus. <laughs> I have to do that. Every, no, I'm contractually obligated. No, it was perfect, Any, actually. No complaints. No notes. Anyway, we have Spence. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I bet, he has to, I bet he has to take the virus to a guy named Mark. <laughs> and Alex, I don't see what Mark from Outbreak has to do with this. Ah. Uh, anyway, Spence fucking skedaddle skadoodles gets eaten by the liquor. The liquor then evolves. And we have a really cool, I think it's a good transformation scene. I just really wish that CGI was better. I fucking. Yeah, there's nothing you could really do about that. But no. I, I do love how, well, you could, you could, you could just make it practical. But they had, honestly. they had practical effects. We had a great shot later on where the fucking liquor is smashing against a glass and it looks like a Jurassic Park dinosaur like well, a, like the yeah. velociraptor scene with the kids in the fucking room with the with the kitchen they it have looks one. like that Look, yeah. if you watch the behind the you scenes you can that. see it they no they have it you could see it. it's just they couldn't use it for every shot like namely transition shots where he's like jumping into a room or he's like yeah, yeah, moving the really action fast. shots the yeah action so shots. that's really what that's there for but i mean like either way i think it's so cool how we have the liquor and like granted it's not as cool as like you know a tyrant or something that would have been really neat but it is a good way to introduce the audience to one of the bigger monsters if that makes any sense yeah and it also shows um, just how incredible these these creatures are, like how strong they are. Because you could right. see it like break concrete. You could see it like smash through steel doors. So it shows you how threatening it is. It's a pursuer and you need a pursuer in a fucking Resident Evil. Like, I probably would have preferred a tyrant, and that's probably something that, like, eh, it sucks that it is. But how do you get liquor, Spence but... being uh, infected, and then how do you get that really great Resident Evil one-liner? Um, I'm not, I'm I'm already missing you, I think it was. Yeah, Where's, I'm already missing you. And she just fucking smashes him with the axe. Such a fucking Resident Evil flex right there. Is it not? Yeah, no, it's you very much stars. you want stars. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you, I'll show you stars. It's exactly on the same vein as that. Um, I love how they they say, oh yeah, the virus and the cure were on the train where we started. And again, this is a very like soft feeling thing where they like, oh my god, it's right at the beginning no. when he spilled the coffee. Think <gasps> about it this foreshadow. Way. It's backtracking made genius. That's the what the whole game's about. I oh, we never mentioned like how they have that fake reality outside the lab like something the game should have done a little more i really did like that um yeah anyway where because <laughs> unfortunately the resident evil one lab the spencer lab is so fucking dark and ugh. it's such well, a military it's just made bunker. Out of concrete and shit like yeah it's not really anything super super special but e either way we're on this train and we're on our way out because we met oh we, we were supposed to because the red queen is like i can't let you out unless you kill the person who's infected who is michelle rodriguez and you know i totally understand what i would never kill michelle rodriguez i'd rather her become a zombie and kill me um but you know 
they eventually get saved by the other guy and they get on the train and we move forward because that's we left in the water room um in any case so we get on this train right and we're escaping and here's the thing that kind of blows my mind they're actually trying to escape because there's a timer that all the fucking doors will shut and lock down if they don't get to the mansion in time so while there isn't a big explosion or a rocket launcher really there have is a, a countdown. Yeah. You this this lab will shut down, I guess. Doesn't yeah. have the same ring to it as self-destruct. But whatever. The, it's it, and not only that, we ha- we're cognizant of it. It makes us present of it earlier with her looking at the watch uh, with Rain, excuse me, looking uh-huh. at the watch. Then Rain gives it to our Resident Evil protag and we have 8 minutes left, which is really good for a Resident Evil type of thing. Because yeah. usually you'll get like five minutes, ten minutes to kill the boss and escape. That's, you know, a good amount of time. And, and we do. We kill the boss under the time limit and escape. Okay, but we have this really great acting by Rain. I think Michelle Rodriguez did a really good job as a zombie here. Uh, oh. I I love I love the blue contacts and I love the gray skin. But again, tooth decay. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know why they immediately just chew a bunch of candy for like 30 years. Um, I guess Paul Anderson has like stock in Colgate and wants everybody to brush their teeth. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. It's part of Umbrella's scheme, right? Because they're pushing in on like the toothpaste market. So it's like all part of like making sure they have Safsprin, ladies and gentlemen. Safsprin gives you bad teeth. uh, So they fucking, they shoot her in the head. Which is the one thing everybody should have been doing. I, I really wanted to go can we really all the way back where the the zombie horde first comes onto the umbrella secret service or whatever and they're just unloading their machine guns. It's such a great it, there's so many great scenes in this movie. <laughs> okay, but it's such a it's such a a great homage to aliens because it does cutaways to them you see the, the machine gun shooting, right? The uh-huh. assault rifle shooting from the hip. And it's just like uh, Ripley shooting with the machine gun against the eggs. Because you do that same close-up. You do that same close-up of the machine gun just bursting. It's it's really great. And I just wish somebody who's trained in fucking firearms would teach these people <laughs> to fucking shoot from the shoulder, goddammit. And aim for the head if the body's not enough. Like, good lord. Anyway, all the way back. Sorry. I just, I've been holding on to that point for a while. Uh, we go back to the ending. And in the ending, we have this fucking creature. She pierces it through the tongue and holds it there. And she's like, fucking close the door or open, no, the, open door. the door. Or open the door. And then the fucking thing goes through and gets killed by the train tracks and gets electrified and burned. And it does the same animation as in Resident Evil 2 when you use it flame rounds on it with a fucking hand up. And that's I'm sorry. I play no. Claire way too much. So that's another thing. Like it, it struck me that, oh, hey, the two people on this Resident Evil 2 train are dressed in blue and red. I wonder if that was a kawinky ding. Not only that, Matt's quote unquote cover story is a yeah. transfer cop. He's a rookie the- cop. <laughs> From the RPD, and he's looking for a girl? 
Oh. Oh, it's 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 just really funny how this movie mishmashes Resident Evil 1 and 2 without it being horrible like fucking Welcome to Raccoon City. But was. also but also fuck off. But also Matt has the same hair as fucking Chris Redfield yeah. and and quote unquote looking for his sister. So it's like eh? it's a mishmash. It's really a mishmash of 1 and 2 but still it's original story. Like, again, because, again, the, the alien references you brought up before, like, Resident Evil is a giant alien homage. Like, that whole thing about a military squad going in to investigate it. Just, that's Come aliens. On, bro. It's, yeah, it's Colonial Marines. We've all It's Colonial Marines. Them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, like, yes. So it makes sense that if you're going to reference or tell a Resident Evil movie, referencing alien is an extremely smart decision. Like, like they were already doing that. Yes. Do, like, if you could combine the cinematography of Aliens with the story and setup of Resident Evil, I think you have a fucking winning combo. So, we have we have the ending. They fucking escape. Matt and, and, and Alice. Uh-huh. Not Claire. Not, um... Not Claire and Leah. But no, but that, see, that's the point, though. I like the fact that it is its own story... There, and I didn't. I didn't when I first saw this movie. I hated that it was its own story. But now, after so many years of fucking video game adaptations, I kind of like how this is its own spinoff. Yeah. It, 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 what it keeps is the essence of it. So uh, we forgot to mention Matt, not Leon, gets fucking uh, cut, scratched by the liquor. Right, in the and train. as the Red Queen said, even just a scratch will infect you. Uh, lo and behold, they stop, take a break, so Matt and Alice could have this moment. And, oh, maybe you should put an antivirus. All too late, he's spasming. And then just come in the lab coats. They take him. And they take him where, Bone King? Where, they take him. They take him for the Nemesis <laughs> program. <coughs> in Europe. <laughs> I guess in anyway. France, because that's where it is. Sure. He gets a, a one-way trip to Paris. I mean, you got to look at it that way, you know? Like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to become a B.O.W., but you get to go to Paris. Oh. Yeah, you get to, like, now live in the city of love. There you go. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why he he falls for Alice and falls in love with her and protects her in that movie. So, you know, exactly. it all kind of comes full circle. We'll, we'll cover that in its own show. It's uh, so which, weird. Which, by the way, folks, we're going to do this. We're going to do each movie and we're going to record right after and it's going to be fucking terrible. I mean, okay. Because after this, it is literally all downhill. I know. And that sucks because you know what? I really liked like finding this movie again because oh we didn't even we didn't even talk about how great the ending is like the the not post credits so, but right before the credits yeah 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 it's a it's a it's a stinger so right at right at the end we have i mentioned alice gets taken by the lab coats so we find her naked with like a fucking lab coat on her like a fucking what do you call it the, well she locks outfit. <laughs> She lockpicks on the way she, out. She does use a lockpick. Uh, but she wakes up in a fucking gurney in a hospital room, sealed. She breaks open the lock. It's a it's a hospital. She gets out. It's Raccoon City, completely in disarray and destroyed. 
mayhem, destruction all around. We get a great visual shot of the newspaper loose in the, the wind. No, the dead walk. The dead walk. And uh, the same line from Resident Evil 1, uh, more victims eaten, horror. <laughs> like, you know. again, it's referencing the newspaper clippings. It, it's weirdly faithful. Like, that it you is wouldn't expect. So much so, so much so. That I really like the fact that Paul shotgunned everything he could into this. Because he, I guess, realized I may not have another shot at a Resident Evil movie. So I'm just going to cram as much Resident Um, Evil as I can. So you see on the cop cars, there's fucking stars emblems. And what does Alice get? To be faithful as fuck, the shotgun. Which is the most Resident Evil gun in all of Resident Evil. so, So here's the thing. I have a feeling when when Paul W.S. Anderson first got the Resident Evil IP to work with, he genuinely was like, I'm going to look at Resident Evil 1 and 2 because I don't want to look anymore. Maybe 3 because I'll, I'll reference 3. I'm not going to play it, but we'll get to that if I do a sequel. Um, but he was looking at 1 and 2 and he's like, I'm just going to find little things to try and like get the motifs in there. There's a lot of original story but you get like these little references to things like again the soundtrack in the beginning part and and i have a feeling that he watched cutscenes of resident evil 1 and 2 and when he watched the cutscenes for 2 he only saw scenario a and he basically just stopped there because that would explain oh, yeah. why they just kill it on the train and they they just go away and there isn't the giant explosion and there isn't a tyrant <laughs> Exactly. Well, I mean, Birkin, I guess... It, no, there is a there is a tyrant at that point. But I mean, like... No, side B, scenario B uh, has a tyrant. Well, I mean, well, is Birkin not considered a tyrant of some sort? No, no. I he's, guess he's just he's, G. He's the only G-virus boss. Right, I just thought he was in the category of, like, that tyrant class of, like, big big guys but in any case that's not the point the point all is big I guys a... are not the same we're not all in a bubble. oh believe me i know um i do love my big guys but in any case um the fucking i just think it's so interesting because i really feel like he just saw scenario a and that's why it ends like scenario a ends yeah it <laughs> also not, it, it also ends with that great zoom out of the street you have this aerial kind of zoom out. Uh, obviously, it's very digital, but all this destruction in this street until it zooms out too much and you get the whole digital landscape in the background. But even then, it's still impressive to see that. And I yes. think and I think it doesn't make any sense with part two, the movie, because in the movie, the city's still alive. Yes. At the beginning. But, but listen... For for what it is in a bubble, this is a competent film. This is a good movie. This is a good video game movie. And pray tell, it's the only good Resident Evil movie. I you know what? I couldn't say it better myself, but I'm gonna try. Um in a vacuum, I absolutely agree with you. This movie on its own, especially with that fucking ending, if if it just ended there. And then we could just sort of be like, yep, and she was just part of Raccoon City somewhere. Like, perfect. 
It she fits. fucking died two minutes after because she's out there barefoot. This dumb it, bitch. Papa well, Susia. Okay. Well, you know, the broken glass, it's okay. She's very strong. She she trained to be a security officer. But in any case, if you just have this movie in a bubble, it genuinely fits with like the Resident Evil canon in some areas. Maybe a little bit with like, oh, was there a thing under the city, but would umbrella not? Would umbrella not? And they yeah. basically do, right? But in any case, I'm just saying, yes, in a vacuum, this movie is weirdly faithful. It takes aspects of Resident Evil 1 and 2, and it sort of like either reverses or mixes it up in a weird way that you're not expecting to the point where it took me this long to even really realize half of them. So there's a lot of thought put into this movie to actually be a horror movie. It is a story about humans and not just fucking Alice the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's a story about humanity. It's Yeah, I can see that. Like, Alice um, is one of the characters. She's the main character, and she could do a lot, but she's not the sole focus of the plot. The focus of a Resident Evil movie she also fails. should be to leave. <laughs> she also fails. Correct. Which is a which is a criticism we have for the rest of the franchise. She never fails. She's flawless. Oh, and, Everything and, and, she does is perfect. And she Michelle Rodriguez make... actually gets to do something in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one out of five. What do you give it? Oh, I thought you were giving it a one out of five. Um, it's it's weird because I feel like no matter what rank I'm gonna give it, it's gonna be weirdly like um biased. Because, like, this movie is genuinely a guilty pleasure for me, and I hadn't seen it in a long time because I was like, oh, it's always that guilty pleasure. It's not super great, but I know I like it because, you know, it tries. But after going back, like, it's way better than I thought. Uh, I kind of want to give it a four out of five. Ooh. That's high. I gave it two, a solid two. I might be inclined to give it two and a half if I think more on it. Maybe three point five if four is too much. But definitely, I don't know, man. Like you're putting you're putting four with Jaws and The Godfather and fucking Casablanca. Are those Um, not five stars? I mean, I don't think there's such a thing as a five star. Well, then what the f- okay? So everything, everywhere, uh, all at once is a five. everyone's okay, yeah. everyone's scoring system is going to be different because my baseline of a movie is three. Yeah, that's that's your even. That's my e- break even where well, you definitely gave me a movie and I didn't hate myself watching it. So that's your three. three no, all right. Uh, follow me, not Wolf's letterbox. Thank you. Okay. Well, either way, this dude's giving out threes. No wonder you gave fucking Wonder Woman eighty four a three. No, what? I did? No, I didn't. I gave Wonder Woman one a three. Wonder that the next one was terrible. I would never give that movie a three. But you liked it, and we could go back to the fucking audio. Uh, One of the things I wanted to bring up, since we talked about Mila and we talked about Michelle, I wanted to talk about one of the Umbrella uh, Secret Service members, fucking Colin. Uh, Salmon, that's his name, Salmon. Oh, one. Yeah, no, he's amazing. One, I think he does really good with what little he has. It's such a shame he leaves so fast, yeah. I kind of wanted him to stick around. I really enjoyed him on screen, and I wish he did more. I've seen him in things. I've seen him in Punisher Warzone. I've seen him in um, Arrow. I just wish... He had bigger parts because he's an underrated actor and I think he's underutilized. 
But yeah, Colin Salmon, my shout out, brother. Good for you, man. You yeah. you actually did really well in this movie, and he gave us probably one of the like cringe-inducing moments aside from the elevator when the fucking hexagonal laser like cuts through him, and you see yeah, the he's little part of yeah. The little liquid coming out of the eyeball, and it just fucking weirds me out, man. He's part of why the laser hallway scene works so well. He is the yeah. main driving point, along with some of the other supporting characters. Yeah, he he leon that shit until he couldn't leon that shit. Right, and um, no, and then, I mean, there's a reason because like he is so good that when the the movies brought back the characters from the first one, they only brought back him and Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, because they, they were the ones people remembered. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it for us, man. I think we covered the movie really well. Yeah, most definitely. And I got to say, this was really a pleasant surprise. I mean, I knew I was going to have a good time watching the movie with you, but like, it was really fun to be like, hey, isn't this actually better than you think? And you're like, yeah, actually. Yeah, like, I I remember kind of going, eh, it's all right. But now I'm going like, man, it's good. You know, yeah. it's good. So, I mean, if you haven't seen the first Resident Evil movie in a long time, definitely give it a shot. Um, try to think of it on its own, not as connected to the sequels. Like, you know, the Saw movies. So, um, just keep that in mind. And it I think is you're the Saw like movies. The first one's the only good one. And then the rest kind of go down a really over-the-top, like, thing that really doesn't feel very similar at all. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Tobin Bell should have been Oswell Spencer. Oh, my God. That's great casting, though. Holy shit. Capcom, get on been, it. You've only got so many years. I was to be a god. And now we'll play a game with cranks and keys and <laughs> gems. Can you, you only put seven minutes as the time limit? It's already there. Look, you get you get Anthony Starr as Wesker. You get fucking Tobin Bell as Spencer. Uh, uh, look, we will we will have an episode on this where we build it. But for now... Ooh, James Cromwell as fucking James Marcus. But for now... This oh is God. the Eagle and Wolf podcast. Uh, I have been one of your hosts, uh, Wolf, and I can be found on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube as Bone King TV. And I even have a Discord. So if you want to yell at me on how this movie's actually bad, um, too bad because um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read it. In any case, <laughs> and I've been joined by uh, Eagle, also known as the Dude, and you can find me. At Fan Freaks a Dude on TikTok, at Adrian MDOD on Instagram. All right. Well, we'll see you next time when we watch another of the Resident Evil movies where it's, it's get, Apocalypse. It's, it's literally the, the literally the apocalypse where it all goes to shit after this. Bro, I'm gonna bitch about Nemi so much. Do we have to do like silence? <laughs> Do we have to do some of them? Can we skip, like, one of them? Do I have a card? Like, a get-out-of-sequel card that I could just skip one of them? <laughs> Not on your afterlife. Ah, My name is Wolf, and I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs>